Okay, joining us now is Roger Munter, who does minor lines on the site. And uh, as you know, the Giants drafted 40 players this week. They added 40 <laughs> players to the organization. So uh, sometimes we can talk about individual players. And Roger, if you want to talk about you know Joey Bart, the number one pick, number two overall pick, uh, but the Giants' number one pick, you can. Or maybe maybe you just want to talk about the philosophy behind the draft. <laughs> Oh well, where where would you like to start, Brian? Well, I know that before <laughs> I, I can we, do both. yeah, I know that before the draft, sort of uh, on the site, you and Kevin were sort of talking about it leading up to the draft, back and forth. You know, the Giants have traditionally been a closed book. You don't know what their what their deal is, who they're after. Maybe they fake people out and say, "Oh, we're totally in on this guy," and they're totally lying. Um, and and that doesn't seem to have been the case this year. Uh, no, it certainly doesn't. They, uh, they I think Fangraph's remark was that they were on Joey Bart more than anybody, any team was on anybody all year. Um, you know, and some of that's just happenstance. Uh, I, I know there's maybe some cloak and dagger kind of mythology out there, but, you know, when you're sending GMs and VPs out to scout somebody, which you are going to do when you have the number two pick, you know, the people at the event, they see that. And when you do it repeatedly, and in Bart's case, not only did they send the big brass there a lot, uh, after his season was over, they had a private workout with him. So, I mean, you, those things are not going to be hidden. Uh, it's maybe a little more surprising that uh, Kylie McDaniel at Fangraphs was all over the Sean Jelly pick from a good long bit ago. Uh, but, you know, they needed to make sure they got picks right, and that means sending a lot of people in to get good looks at the people they were considering, and those kind of words get around. So I think it's it's more or less natural, and, and this particular draft seemed to have gone to chalk much more than recent drafts anyway, I think, across a lot of teams. I mean... A lot of people's mocks looked really good this week because the picks kind of lined up the way people thought they were going to from from a long way out. So that's the that's the beauty of data analytics, I guess. It's just like now we don't even need to predict; we just can plug in the information and it comes out. I don't know. So, I don't know. I wanted you know, some of it's the way teams like the kind of players teams like, and, and you know, and all that all that sort of stuff. Uh, yes, it seems I, I do want to talk about Joey Bart because I've sort of avoided it because it just personally, again, as I've stated many times before, I don't know anything about minor <laughs> leagues or the prospects uh, out there. So I was I was kind of bored by the pick. Uh, the Sean Jelly pick is like a controversial pick, I, I suppose, because the consensus definitely is like this is a back end of the rotation guy. <laughs> Because so many things have to sort of break his way. But, you know, you're talking about people projecting, you know, weeks out that the Giants are in on him. What do you think it is besides his ridiculous build that has the Giants so <laughs> entranced or terrified? Um, well, you know, the Giants do, they have for several years shown a real predilection for super tall pitchers. They draft a lot of these guys. Um, so that could be it. They liked the body. I think they, I was actually just listening this morning to, uh, John Barr's, uh, interview on, on, uh, on the Alex Pavlovic, uh, podcast. And, you know, they like the athleticism. They like the size. He had some giant hallmarks. I will say so if anybody follows me on Twitter, which maybe there's two people out there who do, 
uh, at Rod 61. Before that pick happened, I said that I was going to be disappointed if they took him. Um, and my my view on that, and I should say, lots of people who follow college baseball and know way more about college baseball than I do love Sean Jelly. Uh, there's a lot of love for him in the industry. My feeling was really that the hallmark from the very beginning that the hallmark of this draft was the depth of high school pitching. And so I'll admit there was a little disappointing to me that in the end they didn't end up with any of these guys because it seemed like they were going to be some really good upside high school pitchers at the second pick. Uh, as it turned out, there weren't that many of those guys left either because people had floated such high-dollar signing bonuses like Kumar Rocker that they didn't get picked until much, much later. Um, and so a lot of them did go in that sort of later first round and supplemental round area. So, you know, the Giants got a pitcher they liked. I will say that in the John Barr kind of drafting era of a decade now, back-end rotation guys is what they've been most successful at, at <laughs> drafting and developing. Uh, you know, I, I think we've talked about their problems developing in front of the rotation pitchers. Uh, so uh, the other thing that kind of stands out about the general shape of the first couple of days of the draft is they did look to me like they were prioritizing people who could move quickly and help at the major league level in some respect in the not too distant future. So, this so is what I big yes. upside. This is why I cause you to cancel family plans and change your life to do this recording. Cause this is what stuck out to me was that I'm just going to say it because maybe you can say it better how you actually said it. But what stuck with me was your reaction was this was the giants basically giving a big middle finger to the idea of rebuilding basically just telling people to eat them uh, when it comes to the idea of rebuild. We will never rebuild. We will, we will always reload. We will never rebuild. Uh, for, for the reason you said, a lot of these players, you know, feel like, I wouldn't say they, they are, but they feel like all drafted with the intention of like two years, three years. We're going to see something quick. Yeah, I think the top, I mean, there, that gets less as you get further sure, into it, of sure. course. But the top, like, five, six, I do think that's that's accurate to say. Um, particularly, there's a, a guy who they drafted two years in a row, Blake Rivera, who, if they make him a reliever, he seems like a guy who could potentially move really fast. Um, Bart could certainly move fast. I, I think that is fair to say. And, yes, I, I made the quip that this was sort of an anti-tank draft. Uh, to you earlier and what I meant by that is I think last year when there were those kind of tanker people cheering on losses which personally I, I always was disturbed by but I think there were people in their head envisioned like oh now we're going to get like a Houston Astros draft where like four of the top five high school something somethings are suddenly in our organization and that was never what the Giants were going to do and in the end if you look at their draft it looks like a giant C draft. I mean, there's a lot of college pitchers. There's a lot of guys from small colleges you've never heard of. Uh, they got the like a leader of the NAIA colleges and a leader of the Division II colleges and a leader of the junior colleges. They went out into the hinterlands and they scouted and they kind of did what they always do. And it just looked like a normal draft for the Giants. A lot of people discovered what the NAIA was last <laughs> week. Uh, and that there was such a place as Faulkner University, which I was yeah. totally stunned by. That um, was one of my favorites. There was also um, <laughs> um, what was there was one of the Puerto Rican kids who was from 
a very very funny sounding skull on it and i can't even come up with the it. miguel such uh <laughs> yes that was the one yes that, yes that pretty great yeah, that was fantastic. But, but let's go back and talk Joey Bart a little bit more. I guess we should. I, I do. Because I'm so fascinated by Jelly. Like he looks. <laughs> I, I like just Jelly so weird looking, and you can <laughs> everything they tell you about him. Like you can imagine it on him. Like yeah, he puts on 15 more pounds. Also, the le- real quick though, this idea that you know players are uppercutting more, they're trying to get more lift. So the low ball pitching, which has been the industry standard, right, for like 30 years right, to keep the ball right. down. So a guy who has trouble keeping the ball down or just because he's taller, it's going to be he's going to naturally pitch up on an upward plane more. That all seems like he's projected to be successful in the in the new version of MLB. So, I don't know. And that's it, it's a fun pick, I would say, and it has the potential to pay off. And so anyway, but all right, let's talk about Joey Bart. So boring. All right. So you've complained for 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 a while now that the Giants don't draft power. And they drafted power. They went out and drafted power, the number two pick, and got, you know, one of the maybe two or three best right handed power bats in the draft. Well now so my complaint is they don't play enthusiastic. power. Now my What's complaint that? is they don't play power. Now it just sits in it rots in triple A or gets bumped for Hunter Pence. All right, so they so that's the okay. So I here's what I thought. They drafted what who they believe is the best college catcher, hitting college catcher since Buster Posey. I don't know if they actually believe that, but it sounds good for them to say that, right? Like they yeah, ten years yeah. later, we've drafted the next Buster Posey essentially. But one thing I I thought about that because it's marketing, and I thought, well, in his final year of college, uh, Buster Posey hit like twenty six home runs. And Joey Bart has hit far fewer than that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Buster played in a pretty good home run park uh, when he was in college. Uh, college stature. So, plus, he, they had a different bat and a different ball. Good Lord. Everything was different. All right. Well, then that's fine. Um, but okay, so power bear, talk to me about his power. <laughs> philosophically, so I've been making this point for like a month and various stuff I've written and talking to Kevin about. But philosophically, what successful drafting teams have been doing at the top of the draft lately is taking the best college bats. Those have proven to be the more reliable return on top of the draft investment than you know, the other phylums, whether it's pitchers or high school players or whatever, get the successful college bats and you tend to do pretty well and you tend to do pretty well, pretty fast. So in this draft, there was, there were like four guys. There was Bart, there was Baum, there was Madrigal and there was Swaggerty that seemed to be the group that was coalescing and different teams like different of them better. The Giants took the one that they liked of that group but they did the thing that I think philosophically makes the most sense, which is go for the best college, go for a good college bat with the two and try to get pitching with the next pick. So I agreed with their strategy on those two picks, whether it ends up that they got the best of that group of college bats or the best of the pitchers who was available at 45, you know, time will tell. And, and ultimately that's on the development team, but right. They it's did always the thing what, smart teams yeah, have been doing. Yeah. They, I mean, you have to ultimately, as much as all of us have opinions, it's, it is who they think is the best of that bunch. But I I wonder a little bit if they looked at it and go and, and thought, maybe he's not the very best hitter. And I'm not disputing their claim. I, I don't know. A, a Alec Baum looked better to me just all the way around. But my thought was, oh, he's a catcher. 
that that's the extra two percent. That's the extra little I, thing that puts them over the top. Yeah, I, I don't. I would not say you're wrong about that. And I, I think they also are a team that has always valued character, and they seem to like his character. I, I will say that get they the didn't guy read his up. tweets then that that, that <laughs> they didn't read his tweets okay <laughs> I, I don't know I don't know haven't seen his tweets so I'll, I'll stay away from that <laughs> but I will say that I, I've always thought get the guy up the middle who plays up the middle and can hit is a pretty good strategy so if they thought bomb is ultimately first baseman and that's what drove him off I can see it I'm a little I I've always been a little disappointed that they apparently moved on from Madrigal pretty early because they thought he was too short. It sounds like they thought they didn't like his size. And, yeah, that one gives me a little pause because he's another up-the-middle guy who definitely, I think, is going to hit. And that's really the question about Bart is where's the hit tool going to land ultimately? But I I don't think it's a pick you can take much exception with for sure. I wonder if the Giants – had seen the Astros more often in the last four years, they would have a different mindset uh, when it comes to height because yeah. they played, they literally played the Padres like one year at Petco Park and they're like, that's what we have to do pitching and defense, no offense. Like they literally changed their philosophy after playing the Padres one year in Petco Park. And they're like, that's the strategy that can work for ours. Um, I remember that very distinctly, being like, "Why are we copying the Padres now? What the what the hell's going on?" Uh, so uh, the idea of an and interestingly, side... they they can't really pitch or play defense right, anymore. Right, right. right. <laughs> well, that, they they, they, know, they won non Brandon. That's right. They won three World Series with with that using that strategy though. They did um, great pitching. Yes. Okay. So I, so okay, Joey Bart. So lots of reason for optimism. Also, the other part of it for me is. I'm not even thinking about the Buster Posey angle to this, um, but you know, trade bait. The Giants are so willing to cut to cut these prospects loose, and you have a top hitting catcher in your system. Who knows what's going to happen two years from now? Um, Absolutely, especially with a different. I assume it's going to be a different manager. We don't know, but uh, yeah, the, the bigger point is yeah. If, if a lot of play, if the consensus around the industry was that this is actually an extremely good player and he's a catcher, then, you know, hopefully three years out, two years out, people are still going to feel roughly the same way, and who knows what the Giants' needs will be then. Exactly. There is asset value in in the play, for sure. So I guess just – I guess we've got the defiance down. I wanted to talk about that. That's great. Uh, The Giants will never rebuild. Fantastic. Joey Bart's fantastic. Great. Surprise – for you that you like, surprise for you that you didn't like in terms of a specific player, maybe? Do you have any uh, standouts either way? Um, so I can't say that there are any indie surprises that I, I didn't like. Um, the, 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 the point of the draft that, that did kind of surprise me was when they took back-to-back players who they had drafted last year, which is something the Giants do. They, they redraft quite a bit. Um, and of the two, which is their fourth and fifth, Blake Rivera and Keaton Wynn, I, I find Blake Rivera a really interesting guy. He's um, an Alabama junior college kid with a really, really highly rated breaking ball, and uh, and a and a fastball that he runs up in the in the mid nineties. So uh, he's a guy. I don't know what they'll do with him, but if they put him into relief, he closer. he just he's seems a like a guy who could move. Yeah. Uh, um, Jake Wong is an interesting one too. He's a third rounder. A lot of people really like the value of that pick. Jim Duquette um, loved the pick. Yeah. 
if he sticks as a as a as a starter, then that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good value. Uh, he's another guy though who seems like he could move a little quicker in 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 relief. And that uh, that I would say like I, I could make that comment about a lot of these pitchers they took is uh, boy that guy could do something in relief. You know, there's Ben Madison who had ridiculous numbers. Uh, is is that way? There there are a lot of these guys who seem like they could move. And that that seems like what they did, kind of guys who could be good relievers, some a lot of speedy outfielders. Um, I know Kylie McDaniel uh, has gone, gone on record saying he really likes Ryan Olenek, uh, who's both a, a center fielder and potentially a pitcher. Um, you know, they took they took a lot of athletes and <laughs> a lot of very interesting uh, looking stories too. I will say I like <laughs> I like that they took George Bell's son. George, just because I remember George Bell so well back in the seventies, <laughs> uh, we did Taco our, Bell, as he was called. Yes, we did a, a ranking of the draft names uh, of the best names, and Blake Rivera is he won by virtue of sounding the most like a baseball player and sounding <laughs> sounding the most like a baseball player for his position. I I put it as he's going to be he's going to be projected as a reliever closer. That sounds like a closer's name, Blake Rivera. Boom. I'm, yeah, I'm it does. That, You're so. right. It's got the uh, hard sound up front. And yeah. uh, um, I mean, other guys in there that I think are kind of interesting. I think Bryce Tucker, who's a, a left-handed pitcher somewhere in the teens, is sort of an interesting guy. Another person who could, who could move in relief. Um, very late. I doubt they sign him, but um, there was a, a kid they took at the very end of the draft out of Pleasanton, California, named Brett Hansen, who is a very interesting kind of lefty projection kid out of high school. Almost certainly won't sign, but I would look for the Giants to possibly draft him again when he's eligible because uh, they love doing that. Provided he doesn't switch over to football because he has a football sounding name. I'm just That's right. <laughs> Uh, they drafted another kid out of the Masters College, uh, which is like the fourth person they've drafted out of that college in the last few years. Um, which I've been most there. People it's never... very hard have to get you? to. I've been I've yeah, driven is. to there for a basketball game. It's out of the it's way. one of my brothers uh, lives quite near there. Um, <laughs> I think it's a, like a Baptist or Methodist or something school, yeah. but uh, but that kid throws pretty hard. Um, uh, up to ninety seven, I think I was reading Preston White, and so. You know, it was just a really giantsy draft. It was Joey Bart plus the Giants doing what they do. Well, Preston White was drafted as an outfielder, so that is a def- that's a most likely a conversion to to pitching in the Derek Rodriguez mold, I guess. <laughs> I, I, yeah, but but quicker. Yeah, six six, two hundred pounds. That's what he's listed at. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm moving I'm moving him somewhere else. So he's not playing. He's not playing left field. <laughs> they had, I think, the so the first high school kid they took um, uh, out of Jonesboro, Arkansas, PJ Hilson. Uh, I saw somewhere that said, you know, if he's the same way, like if Alfield doesn't work out, his arm is so strong that he could be a conversion candidate too. So they they kind of they threw a few of those little two way two way yeah. guys into this draft. Baseball's like one of the only sports where that such a dramatic change can happen. Like he's just good at playing baseball. We don't know where yet. <laughs> But he's, he knows how to play the game. We'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, athleticism and tools do go a long way. So are there any uh, any people in the current minor league system who've been playing all year so far that you're really excited about that you think every Giants fan, no matter what, should be 
looking at that maybe have been overlooked. I do want to point out, I noticed that Helio Ram, or sorry, Elliot Ramos is starting to get the bat going, basically. And that's kind of exciting. But is there anyone that's like, you should be, except Austin Slater, who the Giants have told us does not exist. We have to ignore him. Uh, but is there anyone else that's sort of a standout that you're like, more people should be talking about him? Um, well, assuming people, plenty of people are talking about guys like Stephen Duggar already. Uh, let me, there's a guy in San Jose named uh, Logan Webb who. Reliever. Is, he is currently a starter. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Logan Webb was a kid who was drafted in, I think, the fourth round out of high school. Yeah, he was like um, 17 when they drafted him. 2014, wasn't he? Like, maybe. And he was most yes. famous in high school for being the quarterback of his high school football team. Um, he was a very good football player and very raw. And he, he kind of was slow moving at first and then had Tommy John surgery. Uh, and his this is just come back from Tommy John. Well, he came back uh, last year in just some one-inning relief stints, but they've been starting him in San Jose this year for three innings very religiously. And, you know, the numbers don't don't wow you, but he has real stuff. He has three really good pitches and a pretty decent idea of where they're going. Uh, and I think they're going to go through the whole year this year and limit his innings. But he is a guy who can pop up in this system if anybody can. He really, really legitimately has a starter's arsenal and starter's stuff. And 2019, I think he's going to be a big pop-up guy. All right. Yeah, I, I'm looking at Baseball Cube, which may not be totally accurate, but set a 4.14 walks per nine right now in these starts. Um, last year in about 28 innings, <laughs> He had a, almost 10 strikeouts to 9 to 2.25. So the starter, the morning is going through the rotation a little bit stickier there. But, yeah, it looks – I mean, they're, they're being very, very careful with him coming back from TJ. Yeah. And, and he was kind of raw to begin with. He was 17 when they drafted him. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Yeah. I, I do think he's – if you want a guy who could be something, could be – could be a front of the rotation, not one of the typical Giants back of the rotation starters. <laughs> That's the guy. And and the other guy who's like that is Gregory Santos, who hasn't started his year yet. He was in the DSL last year, who's one of the guys who came over in the Nunez trade. But he's going to be pop up in one of the short season clubs very soon. And, and he's got pretty exciting stuff, although really at this point, no idea where it's going. But well, those are two guys I would look at. <laughs> Well, neither do we, but we're glad that we were able to get you on. Uh, so thanks for joining us, and I uh, know you got to run. And uh, But thanks for covering that and for assuring me that Joey Bard is actually an exciting pick. That's all that matters, really. That I'm and, and exciting to you. He's yes. the guy you've been asking for, Brian. <laughs> so that, that tells a lot about my personality, that you are pointing that out. Uh, thanks, Roger. And like, like, uh, like you said earlier, you can follow him on Twitter – at Rog61, R-O-G-61, and he will always dish out these tidbits of information about minor leaguers, draftees, things he's seen that are going on you know, in the moment. You're good at like catching these moments as they're happening. And then also he writes minor lines every day on the site, so check that out at McCovey Chronicles.com. Thanks, Roger. Thanks, Brian. I'll talk to you soon.